2: Welcome to another awesome episode of Real Dudes Podcast. Uh, We've got another special interview uh, for you listeners, Uh, but first I've got my trusty co-host Carrington with me. Hey, hey, hey. And we have an awesome guest. Uh, He is the mastermind behind the animation of the little rhythm breakdancing game Floor Kids by Merge Media. Uh, we have with us Mr. John John.
1: Hey, how's everyone doing?
2: Doing good, doing real good. Uh, we again appreciate you know you coming on here and and uh, wanting to talk with us and just um, you know get down behind the game and and talk about the artwork behind it. Um,
1: uh, yeah, that sounds great.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of before getting into uh, you being. an uh, someone behind the animation and, and floor kids itself. Um, have you always had like an interest in gaming, you know, growing up, uh, as a kid, has it carried through, through to your adulthood or is this, you know, kind of something new for you?
1: Well, I think that, um, video games would have started with me on a computer. Okay. Um, Like, when my dad would bring home, like, a, you know, like, a 286, a 386, a 486, that type of thing. And then you just end up playing, like, Double Dragon. Oh, yeah. Or, like, I don't know. Um, I remember there was this basketball game. I think it was, like, Sonics versus Lakers or something. (laughs) Or something. It was, like, a computer. It was, like, a super low graphics video game. And I would play... uh, Doom, well, Wolfenstein 3D, right? Classics, um, classics. Yeah, uh, Street Fighter. Let's say if I could get my hands on it, or something like that. And okay. then, and then, like consoles wise, I didn't get one until like later. Like it was never we would get it when it was like first coming out, like hot. You know, it would be like I would get Nintendo. Right around when Super Nintendo was coming out because somebody didn't want their Nintendo, that type of thing. Yeah. And so, so I was always like probably pretty bad at video games. <laughs> <laughs> the sense of, like, going over to, you know, a cousin's house where like they're just killing it on Street Fighter and you're like just still trying to get the fireball every time you want it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, like I was never really like cool with you know, video game scene where it's like, wow, this is really competitive. Like, you show up to the arcade and <laughs> hang with those boys, you know, like, so I was always loving it, but not like to the level where um, I could be good at it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say the last console I had was N64. Okay. And my favorite game was Star Fox 64.
2: Oh, yeah. And,
1: I definitely always also loved playing my friends on, like, NBA Jam. Um, so that was a game that I, I was okay, was pretty good at. Right. Um, you know, like a lot of those sports games, you can get really competitive. And it's, like, kind of casual because you just play a few few games and then you, like, keep score with your friends. Um, but, like, the the really, like, epic ones, I was never necessarily that good finishing. So I think, like, at that point, I just... Veered off into art, like, yeah, you know, art became my thing, yeah, yeah, and then
2: that's that, yeah, yeah, I I totally understand. So, um, you said the last console you owned was a 64.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, you know, basically, I'm, you know, it's like one of those things where you go over to someone's house and, like, oh, you got. Oh, you know, you got like a yeah. dream pass, or you got okay, let's play. You know, um, I never would back down from like a Street Fighter thing, even though I suck. Yeah, um, you know, one of my favorite Street Fighters was Street Fighter Alpha, I think Third Strike. Yep. Yeah, and my character was Yun, and uh, you know, but I never owned it. Like I would always just be like, oh, you got that your nice. friend's
2: house. So it's kind of that. Yeah. Understand? Uh, you're, you're very humble to just put out put out there. Yeah, I just suck at this, but you know, no, but, I know yeah,
1: it's not even on the humble. It's like, I actually, <laughs> dude, you need to learn how to block. Okay, yeah. you know, like I'm just gonna dodge. I'm gonna try to
2: dodge your strength. Anyways, um, so with that being your last console and and you working on you know a game that was recently just put out. I mean, have you played, have you been able to play for Kids much? Uh, I would say through the Switch, but it's also available on Steam as well. Um, um,
1: well, the thing is that the way, like, we can connect it, where are kind of going through art and then leading into animation and then being in animation and having branching off, like you have all your peers are deciding where they're going to go.
2: Yeah. And, yeah
1: you know, half of my peers went into video games and I definitely know like, you know, a ton of people through that, through that area. of Art, UI, animation, uh, concept, cinematics. You know, I went more the short film, artistic route, like water filmmaking, short films, working on features, maybe storyboarding, whatever. And then always understanding what's going on in both industries. But also knowing that, like you have a you have a a path, and it's not that easy to to switch over whenever you want to. Let's say you because uh, you know there's just differences in the professional way you, you you handle things and stuff like that. So it was never really an opportunity necessarily for me to go that way. And then also because of the fact that I was not a gamer, I felt like I was not really going to be able to like add anything. To, to a company let's say but I was always like yeah that would be really interesting to make a video game of my own mm-hmm. and I think that when the indies scene just popped out and then we saw this game called Journey that just oh, yeah. opened up a whole other kind of like idea of what a game is could be. It could yeah. be, or how you know different ways of thinking and, and it, it was much more artistic um, yeah, artistic and, and people on the ground level, whether they're like, you know, artistically-minded coders or, or whatever, like, it's sort of like that you have a small group that has a very different vision and they make it versus, um, I don't know, let's say pitching a game project, like a proposal to an already existing entity that has like billions of dollars going through it. It's going to be a different path. It's going to be a different... This is going to be a a different struggle, right? And so, I think when the indie scene was already, and and we're by no means like we're we're just we're we're not like blaze like trailblazing the path like it's already been opened. Yeah, we've gone through many different iterations of itself, and we did the research. But basically, what happened was, you know, we had just made an animated short called Floor Kids, which was just sort of like for fun, you know, and just to celebrate kind of the the style of it and mm-hmm. the kind of the subculture that it's based on, references of those and the fun that you have with your friends and music, and it's just kind of like a, a concept piece, I guess, to be enjoyed. And I think that that was the basis for which when we met uh, the right people to develop it with us and, and design it or help us design it and then code it and work as a team, like that's how that process came about. So it's it's kind of a very organic process. Yeah. It's just like everything else that I've done. It's, it's kind of like the opportunity came because of something that I had done previously, and then we branched out into that. And so And Awesome. Yeah
2: um before that before we get into uh you being um behind the animation and everything just one one more kind of small personal question uh, you mentioned that your dad you know he had the computer and everything when you were growing up were your parents into gaming when you were growing up or did, did they have any kind of influence over you in your artwork or gaming in general um
1: no uh well my dad is technically was in the sciences okay There's like uh he was like a simulator. He was like a simulations guy at a like a power plant. It
2: was like okay.
1: he's like our Homer Simpson, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like um, it, it would be that he might bring a computer home just uh, because he, he you know they would allow a computer to come home and okay. do okay. stuff, and so I think it wasn't necessarily something that they would encouraged to do, it was more like, that's like rest and relaxation time, but you have to do work first. You gotta do stuff, mm-hmm. you gotta like, you know, so it, it was, it wasn't like, I would say it's like discouraged, but I still ended up, you know, playing games for yeah. sure. And uh, I wouldn't say that they played, but my aunt, who was my mom's younger sister, loved video games. Like, so we would play together and, like, that was fun. That was, like, um... Just, like, you know, playing with Super Nintendo and, like, trying to... She would try to, like, make the character jump further by, like, flicking the controller. like... (laughs) Trying to break it. Classic thing, you know? And uh, we would be like, that doesn't help. (laughs) No, I know, but... I just need to make the person jump, you know? Like, subconsciously thinking that that's... (laughs) Yeah, and then what's cool is like the Wii, when the Wii came out, you could actually do that. So then that was great. Yeah. When the Wii came out. Um, I think Mario Brothers on Wii is is amazing. Oh, yeah. Actually really fun. Um, so, yeah, in terms of like them, I, I would say like encouraging art, I would say maybe it was like half and half. It was like one parent really was kind of not about it and then another was you know was much more open to it and encouraging of that and so it was a little bit of uh kind of um uh kind of always a question of whether i should or not Mm -hmm. uh, up until a certain age and then it was just like no no this is like all i'm gonna do yeah ever (laughs) so
0: so what inspired you to become an animator uh, growing up and then what led to that decision like, oh, I'm doing this for a living?
1: Um. So yeah, I did make a film about this kind of theory that I have because I grew up with severe asthma mm-hmm. and that really limits you in many ways where like maybe you got to take certain medication during recess or so you're not actually going outside and playing, or you end up, you know, just doing uh, less activities that kids would do, but you end up drawing, like, a lot, and I think that that ends up factoring into, uh, you know, it's just something to do, but it's also something that you enjoy, or I enjoyed, and that I never stopped, and I never had a, I never had a, I don't know, I guess most kids who draw most kids do learn like draw from when they're a kid but at some point they decide within themselves or someone outside makes them feel that they should stop mm-hmm. and I think it's at a very young age where like being good at drawing is such an abstract idea because you're a kid but I think like you only realize like I think that you only really get really really good when you start getting older and you go to school or you start really studying it like a like a profession but when you're a kid there's no like oh you're good and i'm not good it's like it's like an eight-year-old drawing you know when you look at it like when i look at the stuff i was doing it's uh i think that maybe some people said oh that kid is really good so you keep going and then maybe another kid would do the same type of drawing and be like oh that sucks and then (laughs) so i just am lucky that i never decided to stop and that's where i am now
0: that's really awesome so as an animator are there any particular movies or uh, tv shows that jump out at you like oh man this really had a huge impact on us and spurred me to keep going
1: uh yeah there's a i mean there's a ton of those like in terms of films and movies but I think I would say the moment where I realized animation that I could do it was Mm -hmm. I was in like a high school that had an arts program Um, and somebody came back to that school who had gone on to animation school and they had shown their rough second year reel and it was like not finished it wasn't colored it was it was just you could really see frame by frame the sketches that they had done. And regardless of whether they were finished or not finished, you could still see the whole movement. Like you could mm-hmm. still see the person there blinking, moving, walking, lifting stuff. It was the it was like a moment where it was like connecting the bridge between what you see on a TV, which is finished and fully polished, and you have no idea how it's done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I could see that, yeah, I could do this because. I see that there's sketches and then you just do a whole bunch and you learn how the movement works. So it was kind of that that dude who I don't even, re- like, don't remember his name. <laughs> I remember was real, And it was like a spark of like, oh, like that's how, yeah, I could do that. Or I, I, I'm interested in figuring out how to get to a point where I can learn how to do that. And I think that the other thing is that uh so there's drawing, like there's like what I talked about is like there's the interest in drawing, but then there's when you go to like let's say you get to a point where you've learned or you've you've understood all these different ways to draw and you're gonna decide like how am I gonna make a life, what's how am I going to go and am I going to be an architect because architect draws buildings or a comic book illustrator or maybe, you know, a medical illustrator or an animator. Like there were very few (laughs) paths if you like drawing, like because I'm separating between other aspects of art, which is painting, sculpting, photography, graphic design, you know, Drawing is really my medium. It's the line work. It's one of the, you know, fundamental elements of imagery. Line work, right? And that's why Floor Kids has this line work mm-hmm. style. For the characters, and I will always keep pushing, you know, different ways to create line work uh, for for myself. And so I think with with. That being said, animation was only one of the few at the time. It was like, this is what you could go and do. And I think that I already had an attraction to motion. So the other things that I mentioned, like architecture, comic books, to some extent, it does have motion, but it's expressed as a static image. Mm -hmm. Animation really is the motion movement itself. And so I think that I already had that uh, affinity for it, and so that's probably why I went into animation. Um, and I sorry, I forget what else. What else was the question? Oh, movies. <laughs> yeah, movies. Um, it's hard to pick like one. Um
0: That's completely understandable. <laughs> if you were to ask me my favorite movies or even animated movies or just anything in general, that's never an easy question to answer.
1: Love the like old 80s Transformer Transformers feature film? Oh yeah, The Transformers movie. Um, that was pretty amazing. And there was a there was like a period where I was studying like I was loving all the Disney movies. And then there was a period where I was like, just moving on into other mm-hmm. stuff and discovering like Miyazaki films and oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. also French films. French animated films are there's like this connection between French comic books, which they call bande dessinée, like BD, and, and the, between that and Japanese anime and manga, there's like this, I don't know, this corridor of trading information somehow because I've worked on a few French animated features and they sometimes like to use the Japanese run cycle, and which is a different way to animate running from the North American style. It's a different like set of keyframes and whatever. And so it's like interesting to see the different animation styles that exist in different different countries and whatever mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah i totally agree so speaking of uh just keeping on the subject of animation and art um that art style you came up with four floor kids how long did that take to come up with that design and also how long did that process take as far as like getting it into the game
1: so say that again i came up with four floor kids
0: uh, the the art process for Floor Kids. Uh, how did you come up with that? And how long did that take to get it from basically your drawings into the game?
1: Yeah. So the basically like because I had done these like short films prior, <laughs> I had done stacks and stacks of these drawings um, of just uh, there, there's the first battle which is Olive and Noogie, mm-hmm. and there was a second battle that had a little less kind of attention, but it was, it was a power move battle between Saboya and his character, Rocket. And then there was another battle which had this other character, Lazy Legs. And so it was it was a case of practical aspects of production where there's animation that was done for a different purpose. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take some of the best moves or take the moves that I felt were basic enough or fundamental enough that belonged as you know one of the 16 main moves. And in fact, we didn't even design it from from that perspective. We just it was basically just taking moves and making them cyclical because not, not they weren't necessarily cyclical in the films that I had created. So it was like they had been concepted, but then I had to translate that into a purpose for a game, which is that it, it could cycle, but that within that cycle it could exit and enter into another move. So it was kind of just building it as a building block, like move by move. So, for example, I took Noogie as the first one, and I took snipes and then I took windmills, and I took backspin, and I took his indie step, and and a few phrases, And then I just started throwing them to the coders. And at the time, we were designing for a mobile project. Um, Oh,
2: okay.
1: Yeah, because mobile at that time was so free, like in the sense of you can kind of just start and explore and then see where you get. I think that's been our process is is like Mm -hmm. start, throw this in. Okay, we're tapping it. Okay, that's cool. Oh, we're spinning it now. Oh, that's also very cool. Okay, we're swiping. Okay, we're doing this. It was like part of our research to figure out not only the animation but how the player is going to control that animation and does it feel good is it fun is it make you laugh uh is it you know is it silly like that kind of stuff and how to link them so that they don't interfere the controls design was something that took a very very long time and especially with more animation going into it the more complicated that became for them to design it so that it wouldn't interfere uh if you know what i mean oh yeah uh, i know what you mean and so um so it's like you know if you do an action here will that cancel out some other action or will it confuse the system but then it was conflicting because i'm also i took it as uh me having been a b-boy to some extent and i Mm -hmm. won't like you know i was really yeah you know, i haven't really been like living that 100 percent b-boy life but i definitely was at some point and uh that side of me was like no we need more moves we need this move we need this because there's sub philosophies in the in the in the art form in the culture it there's these like different philosophies that even battle out between each other, like power heads versus footwork versus people who do freezes and blow-ups and flips and tricks. Like We couldn't even fit them all in, but there was that desire to represent everything. And even with one character, with all the moves that they have, I needed another character to have these other sets of moves that I love, and then another character, another character, then another character, and it was just like, because the art form is infinite because part of what the history of it is, it started with like 12 basic fundamental moves and the impetus on you as someone who participates in it is to come up with stuff that doesn't deviate outside of what breaking is, but it's new and it's unique and it's your style. It's something that you created of yourself. And so to that extent, me trying to do this, I also threw in moves that I like to do or that I like to uh, try to play with here and there. So each character kind of has little things that I might do or that someone I imagine could do, whatever, stuff like that. But it's not unrealistic also. It's not like cartoonishly um, impossible to achieve. So I feel that there's a realism to the style of movements, even though the the style of the characters are very ridiculous kind of, you know, they're just round heads <laughs> yes, yeah. seed like eyes. It's like I don't know, they make me these characters for some reason make me laugh. Yeah. Especially when they're doing stuff that's like super I don't know if I can say this, but like that, you know, like mm-hmm. super awesome or just just totally full of attitude, but then it's kind of cute and silly. And I like that combination and it's, um, so, so that's part of the style of it. And then just the approach was just getting enough moves animated into a system where you could play with the move and decide is that the control? Yes. Okay, let's keep that. Now we've patched in another set of moves. This is another set of controls. Does that conflict? Okay, it conflicts. Now what do we do? kind of thing and so the fact that there's four different move categories with four different separate controls with unique transitions in between each i think is a really cool uh testament to us as a team really respect like really
2: bending over
1: to make sure that we uh reflect the real nature of the subject that we're drawing from so I think we, you know, we spent a lot of time on the controls and the animation, and then the gameplay is a whole other, was a whole other design uh, process. Also, very organic and fun. Uh, oh to, yeah. But I hope that makes sense to
2: people. I don't know. Yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, going back to these characters and the designs uh, for them. I mean, what what was the most challenging part for you? As, a, as an artist in creating these characters and then also like a follow-up question what was the most rewarding for you?
1: Um, so around these characters I think the characters they just kind of were okay so some of them are based off of you know people that I would have danced with or learned from mm-hmm. people that were you know certain cases and in certain cases were not they were fictional but Maybe, you know, it's a dancer I may have felt like I've seen in some cypher somewhere or at an event. And there's, like, just, like, some of the, for example, some of the e-girl characters, I would show them to a friend of mine and she would have shown it to one of her e-girl friends and then they'd be laughing, like, that looks like something I would totally wear. (laughs) And then they'd be like, yeah, that's, like, great, you know, like, like it's just it's not something to dwell on but just that fact right there was rewarding mm-hmm. so, you know, just to be like because i mean i'm not really doing anything out of the ordinary i'm just kind of like maybe curating certain references to styles that i may have seen and it may even be dated to like the city i lived in in you know the 2000s or whatever uh, to that that's the style that's in the game. You know, I'm sure mm. people's styles have evolved and changed. It's definitely a throwback. Like, everything that we've put in here, it's kind of almost like our memories. And even if, you know, one of these characters is, like, a mix of five different styles and people, it kind of serves a little bit, like, almost like a horoscope. <laughs> Like, I feel like it could be Frosty Freeze, but it's also my friend so-and-so, you know? Like, it's a mix of so-and-so and so-and-so. So, So I like how that's kind of, like, this general, generalist, but the characters are themselves, but there's, like, a connection to reality, but not fully. And so, that's a little bit of the mixed um, way that I approached the characters, but also... Mm -hmm. Just trying out the outfits, like trying out the hairstyles and seeing what worked and then coloring them. And then it would just be a process of like, okay, I think like that's it. You just get it. And you're just like, yeah, that's it. And then you just animate, you know, Um, and then maybe later you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Those pants have to be blue jeans, not black (laughs) talking pants. And then you go back and change every single frame. (laughs) But you're just like yeah, yeah. It's better. It's better.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's how- you say OCD kicks in a little bit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's like no, the shoes are red. You oh, just, 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 go back. <laughs> <Read everything. laughs> and then everyone else is like, "What? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it had to be." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. And then how do? What was the last part? It was like what was the most rewarding part out of it as far as like creating these characters for you? Yeah. And the game in general. I mean,
1: in terms of the most rewarding part of the entire game process, the most rewarding part is when (laughs) parents or somebody like sends in a clip of like their kid who's like four (laughs) And they're not even playing the game. They're just on the ground doing a moot, like, doing stuff.
2: Okay, that is pretty awesome.
1: And they're, like, it's, like, unprompted. They don't even have any prior knowledge. Mm -hmm. they literally just, like, learned something from the game, even though – and it's, like, their version of it, which is great. And they're just having fun. And then their parents might say, like, yeah, I think it might – see if they want to take a workshop or go to a summer camp or I don't know. And then it's like, it's like virtual reality going back into reality in a good way. And when I tell this to other people in scene or whatever, they're like, if just that happens even once it was all worth it. And it seems to be something that's happening with like very young kids. And then I can even see it with like older people who are just like getting more like, moving with you know they're playing the game and they're moving they're just Mm -hmm. they're getting a little bit more of the rhythm and the beat and and i've even seen this when we were showing our mobile product like years ago in the development we would go to like conferences and be at a cocktail or something and maybe earlier in the day i might have you know shown the game to somebody and they'd be like Oh, this is cool! I don't know how to dance. I have no rhythm, by the way, and all this stuff. And then later, later at the cocktail, I walk up to them and they're like fully like snapping their fingers and like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, I see that. And they're like, no, 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 no. And then like, like that type of thing. Like I catch people. Yeah. full on, catch people doing that. And uh, that feels pretty amazing. And then just people liking the game.
0: Of course. And I do have like one quick question. Um, I saw that you guys recently released uh, Four Kids in Japan, and it got a 9 out of 10 from IGN in Japan. So can you explain yeah. to me what that feeling is like? Not only are you releasing in several countries, but you're getting good reviews inside the U.S., the United States, as well as outside the, the U.S.
1: Um, yeah, like we, well, we got a really great review also from um, Nintendo Life. Uh, Morgan Sleeper wrote Some really great stuff about it, and he gave us a nine out of ten. And there's also some reviews that are, you know, pretty low. Also, you know, so we've been getting like, but not low, low, but like it's like it's either good or it's great. So I think that that has been something that we've recognized is rare Mm -hmm. for things, and especially on a first game that we've produced. And so we're. We're really happy about that and we're really, you know, we're not by any means, rec- we're not thinking we're the best we can be. I think we want to be way better. Mm-hmm. We want to improve the game and take all this feedback from people. But I think what it, what it is is they're just like trying to encourage us to do more of this. And um, I think that it really helps that they're kind of recognizing all the stuff that we tried to put in. That we knew people would would enjoy, and because we had joy making mm-hmm. the music, like I was just say with with Kikawala in the studio at the very end. I mean, his job was pretty much finished, just in terms of his technical deliveries of these tracks. But he kept making it better, and he kept making more tracks, and he kept. In those rhythm sections towards the end of the game, there's you know where the peace summit where it's a really really hard. <laughs> he'd be doing those rhythm patterns himself, like with his finger on the pads, <laughs> and then he'd be laughing. Just be like, "No, he's gonna get this. <laughs> like, this guy's nuts." Like I'm animating, on this this guy's like, "How are you ever gonna do that rhythm?" Because like the first rhythm is one way, and then the other one is almost the same, but like slightly off. Of it just like, yeah, it was, you know, and some of our coders really got into it. Like, they'd just be yelling when they were catching bugs. (laughs) Like, increasingly, like, amped up. Like, just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Going super (laughs) sane. Yeah. Everybody really just went, all in, as much as they could, all in on this. And even then, we still know we want to do more things with it, or update, get better features and stuff. But yeah, like the the launch in Japan is something that we've been working on sort of secretly, because actually, when you launch on Switch, and it's an eShop title, the eShop is in different territories, and so those different territories may have different. Things you got to do to get certification. So for Japan, we had to treat it as a separate, uh, a separate uh, project after we had launched originally on Switch in the U.S. and Europe and Australia, for example. So we, this launch, this launch in Japan is just like, yes, it's it's like this, I don't know, a little goal that we we've, we've had to do, and we did it. So yeah, it's just good to to finish what started kind of thing. And then it's just icing on the cake that their that their IGN Japan rated it, you know, nine out of ten.
2: So. yeah, that is that is a huge, huge success. I mean, that's a, it's an excellent score. And yes, uh,
1: take my word for it, because <laughs> I don't know if everyone can read Japanese.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: take our word for it that they gave. You. That's 9 out
2: of 10. Yeah. With uh, Kid Koala and and the music, because the music in the game is is awesome. It's so good. did Did you have any oversight of that, or were you just strictly involved with the visual artwork of the game?
1: Well, like, the two of us, we have a really good artistic exchange. I think that the fact that he draws in his own artwork, like, in his own musical career as a recording artist. And he's even branching off into shows like theatrical performances, where he's the kind of the the music composer and then there's puppets and dancers and things around. Like he's very visual himself and his music is also visual. So we have that exchange over the visuals also. I think that like when we met, he saw, like he's not an animator, but he respects it so much. I think he saw yeah. I think he saw a kinship with the style that I'm repping with his own styles, and also the fact that I you know that he's a DJ and I'm you know a b boy or a b boy mm-hmm. spirit, and uh, you know sometimes he would invite me to the shows, and I would like certain tracks that were the cor- were the correct you know vibe. I would break. And he, you know, so it was kind of like, yeah, we have this, like, kinship there. And so when I was telling him about, like, the music, I just told him, like, you know, make sure to shout out the different eras, like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s has a different vibe, the 2000s, and then whatever you do into the future, like, that's cool. Like, it, that was all I really was saying. Um, I think for him, it it's kind of like, that's his zone and he has so much knowledge that he's putting into it and uh you know i would definitely like listen to the tracks and maybe suggest like okay this track we maybe have at this spot that has this kind of vibe you know for this location but it was mainly his decision to do like where it's going where it would be in the uh, in the locations but then that also flipped around Towards the end, our game designer, Phil Rostang, wanted to have the game progression a certain way so that certain tracks were easy and certain tracks were hard. And that wasn't organized based on the vibe of the tracks. So certain tracks had to be switched around in terms of just making the unlock progression the right, uh, the right way for the game design. Um, But so it was like, it was a little bit like that. Um, So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's basically just um, uh, him doing his thing and it just working out. Like his BPM, the BPM that he chose, he just went like this. He was just like, okay, yeah, that's... (laughs) 20 BPM. I think, you know, he had it on like a, like there was a metronome tracking what he felt and it ended up being the perfect, like, like me as an animator nerd, like it, it divides down perfectly for the 24 FPS, 12 frames a second that I animate on already as a standard practice. So it was just like, okay, like those decisions were almost always on vibe and then they would work out somehow in the math and then it was like yeah
2: that's meant to be so i, I want to say that you know probably one of the the rather most used words throughout this entire interview is organic and what you described there between the two you just sounds like an organic relationship and how just everything kind of flowed together well
1: yeah, have I been saying that the whole time?
2: I don't know, maybe not the whole time, but it definitely stood out to me. Maybe towards the beginning of the interview, you said it a couple of times. And that and exactly what you just said, like between you and Koala, like it just sounds like everything came together, you know, naturally.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the programmers, tr- like it's the same process, like they would, we would just try things. And if they work, they work. If they don't work, then we find another. And sometimes when they would get stuck, the answer lied in another discipline's, you know, viewpoint, right? Yeah. So, yeah. one of the one of the things where, uh, like, let's say for example, uh, the initial way that they were trying to hook up all the drawings, all the moves, was frame by frame. In order for them to understand, this is Mike, uh, leader of HoloLabs, like he was hooking up every drawing, and as such, he was learning the logic, the B-boy logic of physics, of like, mm-hmm. okay, that hand places there, but then it goes directly. He was just learning it. Frame by frame, he was hooking up everything. But even then, the moveset wasn't complete in its thousands of moves, so he was going to have to find a new way, a better way. And so when uh, mesh joined the team, he figured out, a data, like a, 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 a file name pathway instead of hooking it up manually. So it's basically when you trigger a move, the system knows the move that you want is the destination and wherever you are in the move tree is where you, your starting point, they'll sift for the quickest path. So through all the connected moves, it'll find the quickest path to the move that you, have requested that's genius because yeah. it basically allowed me to do whatever i wanted with this move tree as long as there were enough connections to make everything work yeah. and um so in that sense he allowed that process to be organic for me and that's really appreciated it's a really smart and um what else uh in terms of when we were trying to figure out as a game design, uh, like, what is the point of this game? You know? Because mm-hmm. the moment where you could control this animated character and make it dance was the moment I was like, great, it's that's it. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else on the team is like, okay, I gave this to my five-year-old and they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, they just, yeah, but you just get to do it, you, you know? And so it was like, what is the point of this game? You know? And so... That was a struggle for game design. But then I was like, oh, there's a judging system to every battle. Sometimes it's three judges and they just pick who they like. But there's an actual five-point international judging standard for b-boying, which is usually there's, there's five things. So one judge focuses on one attribute to a dancer's performance, whether they're musical so that means, do they know the music? They, are they on beat? Are they playing with the music? Are they, you know, vibing to the right music? So, and then the second one could be execution. Are their moves clean? And, you know, are they are they screwing up or are they actually doing the move that they're attempting to do? And then there's foundation, let's say, are they sticking to the original moves? Is there originality? Are they doing stuff that's new? There's all these things that are in real life which we took the inspiration of that and we translated it into something that made sense for Floor Kids. So we made it cute, like funk, flavor, flow, fire, flyness. And those are five different ways that you can achieve good score in the game. And so it's one of them is funk, so that's the rhythm section, or that's the rhythmic component. But then there's flavor, which has to do with Are you doing new moves, moves that you haven't done or thought of yet? Uh, Flow, these are, you know, did you fall? Did you stop? Did you give up? Did you do your combos? Fire is, are you listening to the crowd, reacting to what they want? And then flyness is all the advanced techniques in the game that we haven't necessarily told you about, but that you've, you know, that you're learning about and stuff. So that's like how we kind of figured out a, a goal for the game is you know get as many points as you can, but here's all the different ways you can do that. And so
2: <clears throat>
1: when they were struggling with the game design, the answer was in the the hip hop side of it, right yeah and and so that's just the way we had to kind of look into each other's like uh, library of knowledge to come to this like totally multidisciplinary project
0: very cool very cool (laughs) now we are kind of pressed for time here otherwise because i still have quite a few more questions so we're going to wrap things up with a question that we ask all of our guests um especially since you're an animator we would love to know uh do you have any tips uh any um Words of, wisdom. Words of wisdom, thank you. <laughs> For any <laughs> aspiring animators out there who may be listening. Uh,
1: yes. I think it's, um, obviously since animation takes a long time, takes a long, long time, regardless of the techniques, uh, so any animators should just spend their time on projects that, like, really mean something to them. Because when it means something to you, the chances of it being, of you actually finishing it is, is very, very high, even if it will take a long time. I think if you end up spending on stuff that isn't as important, like let's say subject matters that you're not connected to, you may end up moving on from that and not finishing a project. So I think it's just about like, Finishing projects just so that you can see, just so that you can look at it and decide, like, oh, did I do something all right? What can I learn from it? And then the next one, and the next one. And I think if you just keep spending time on stuff that you care about, that you'll just end up getting better through doing it. Lots and lots of times. It's pretty pretty much my advice.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you very much. And uh, last but not least. Where can people find you on the internet? You know, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, uh, anything like that. Any websites you may have out there?
1: Uh, yeah, I do more. My Instagram is John John Animation, um, and I run the Floor Kids Universe. Floor Kids Universe Instagram, and then Twitter uh, is also John John Animation, and also Floor Kids Crew is the Twitter. Then there's the Facebook page is just floor kids I have like a very old website that I really should update it's called com, but uh, it's like pretty old it's like it's just, so you can go check it out but I really should revamp it
0: <laughs> <laughs> understood understood that seems to be a running theme with our interviews recently well John thank you for coming on and chatting with us about floor kids I would like to be an animator we had a really good time
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, no problem. And any future projects you may have, feel free to come back on. We'd love to talk to you some more.
1: Yeah. Uh definitely will. This is awesome. Thank you.
0: Oh, no problem. Anytime, John. And as ever as always, have a rad day. Hi.